1: And welcome in to Poke the Bear, episode 24. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
0: Evan, I'm uh, feeling pretty happy. We're leaving 2020 in the rear view, thankfully. So uh, looking forward to what is ahead in 2021, because holy shit, this year was the worst.
1: Isn't it so fun that it's just going to be a new year? And it feels like, typically, I mean, a new year are the same days and it's whatever, but you this year... It feels so much different. This year it is just like, thank God, this horrendous, horrendous year that is coming to a close. Um, I, it's funny. It sucks because 2020, I had such high expectations for it. It was 2020. It's aesthetically pleasing. The, the year makes sense. 2020. You know, like we've been looking forward to it. Everyone always like 20 years ago or, and before people would always put out plans and then for the year they would always mm-hmm. have 2020, like, you know, project name 2020. So it'd be like, you know, done in the future of 2020 and the year sucked the year just absolutely was atrociously awful terrible dreadful no good horrible very bad year um Mm. and it's over or it's going to be over by the time you might be listening to this it is over um and it'll be 2021 um 10 years by the way since the brewers won the cup so it'll be the 10-year anniversary it's funny because typically in the 2020 2021 season there would be like you know 10-year anniversary stuff probably all throughout the year. Oh, yeah. Um, this year, they don't get to have that because there are no fans. Um, so, but unless, they
0: ha- unless they have more Zooms lined up, which I think I assume we're probably both going to get into a little bit later with what we're talking about
1: today. Yes, yes. So today we are going to look back on the year. So there will be some best moments where we'll just sit and stare at each other for 10 minutes. Uh, but there were some good moments. There were some fun moments the Bruins had. Um, and then we'll look at the most notable, most important moments. Um, and in that, I, I don't know if there are many best moments, and we will start with that. We will start with the most memorable moments, most important moments, because um, I don't think any of them were the best moments. No, unfortunately year. not. <laughs> None of them
0: were I, the best. I guess, I guess that's the case for most teams, right, in that, like, the best moments, really, I just, you know, as long, if you don't win the cup, it's really tough to find, like, the actual uh, apex of, of, you know, trying to size up a year, but unfortunately, the Ruin Talisman had some really shitty moments to, yes, that we, I think we have to address first. Let's start with the bad before we get to the good.
1: Yeah, so we'll start with the bad. And I, I'll just go first. When you first texted me saying you wanted to do this, um, the first memorable moment to me that sticks out in my head is Rask leaving the bubble. Mm-hmm. That to me is the biggest one. That was the biggest story of the year, it felt like. That was the one that generated the most reaction. Um, it was, you know, I think affected the Bruins the most in the bubble. Short term, they beat the Hurricanes. Long term, they really never stood a chance against the Lightning. Uh, to me, your starting goalie leaving the bubble 100 percent is the story of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we both got that that notification that the Bruins announced, like his statement about it. I think we both were just staring. It's like that. It's like that Matthew McOnahay <laughs> meme that I post way really too much, where it's him from True Detective, where he's taking a huge drag. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's pretty much what what uh my reaction was to that and I think what a lot of people's reaction were to it. And um I th- I think just, you know, you add the circumstances of the way that season ended, um, the expectations for that team, the settings they were in. I mean no one expected uh the start of the year the Bruins had to go through the playoffs in a a Toronto bubble, you know, hanging up over in uh uh you know, a hotel pretty much twenty four seven unless they had games so um, I think that's definitely probably the most shocking moment. I mean, that literally showed up, you know, they announced that three hours, I think, ahead of uh, game three against Carolina. I might've been even was less. Three? I think it was
1: I don't less. think it was
0: because I, you know, we, we got the notification. I wrote like a quick story and then me and you talked on about it on for a thing for YouTube. And i like, as soon as you posted it, it was like, Five minutes into the game, so it might have been. I think because it, like, it was. I think when they were leaving the hotel is when they found out.
1: So it was. It was, and it's funny. You think back. I mean, I'm surprised in a sense they didn't say it after the game because mm-hmm. when you think about it, like Ras could have just not been on the bench because he had an injury, or they could have made something up. Yeah, they didn't. They just put it out, mm-hmm. and like that must have been crazy for the PR team as well, and for the for the Bruins in general having to figure out how to you know handle this and. I remember Don Sweeney was available right before the game. Um, I mean, it was a huge thing. It's funny, I was sitting in bed because the game, I think, was at 12. And so I, you know, I, I was just coming off, or it was middle of summer. I got up at like, you know, 10, not expecting anything, you know, just kind of slowly get out of bed. And I texted Sierra, or Sierra Goodwill texted me and said, oh my God, did you see what, ra- did you, oh, oh, OMG Rask. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about, OMG Rask? And I went and looked at Twitter and was like, Oh, and I just yeah. flew out of bed. Like, flew. Um, to me, that's the, the most memorable moment. What other memorable moments did you have of the year?
0: Yeah, I mean, other than that, which I think that one's going to have long-term, I don't want to say ramifications, because, again, I think we've talked about ad nauseum on, on this pod about Rats' reason for doing it and why, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some Bruins fans that are still going to be stuck in their ways. They already they already put all this stock into... Uh, you know, not viewing Rask as the number one goalie, so this isn't going to help. So that's going to last forever. But I think maybe the other big story has to be the one that I, I imagine every team and any professional sport, every person <laughs> has for 2020, and the the fact that you know we had an unprecedented shutdown of the season. Um, the fact that the Bruins, who it's one of those, you know, it it sucks going into those what if scenarios because usually those things can kind of ring hollow. But uh, you look at that Bruins team that. You know, the start of March was on this crazy run. It seemed like they were just collecting points, finished every single game. Uh, you know, had that memorable uh, back and forth against Tampa here. Um, that felt like a playoff game. They beat Tampa down in Tampa uh, a few days before that. Just seemed like everything was kind of clicking. You still had a few weeks of the regular season to see where a guy like Andre Kasha fit, Richie, um, it seemed like everything was just kind of going their way. And again, once you get to the playoffs, nothing's can't take anything for granted, but um, you looked at the way that that Bruins team seemed like they were clicking. You, you, you size up that team and how they were from pretty much training camp onwards. I mean, that team was locked in from the start after considering how the previous year ended in the Stanley cup final. um, It seemed that that whole team, which pretty much the same roster, more or less, um, the fact that they all kind of, I think, collectively bought in, they all kind of were brought back for another year um, and were motivated to kind of rewrite that narrative. Uh, I think you kind of saw that out on the ice. Um, again, you could make the argument that we get to the playoffs and Tampa still smokes them like they do pretty much every other team. But you also remember that time that uh, I think even Victor Hedman was hurt. They had a few other guys that were really banged up for Tampa during that time. So um, you have a lot – I mean – it's tough to, again, do that kind of, you know, what if or, well, you know, make excuses and I'm not making excuses for what, what, how that season ended because you still gotta, you know, you still gotta get through that slate, but, um, it's only natural, I think, to wonder what could have been when you've had this extended break. You had a lot of injured players get healthy over the span of the months that they were off. Um, So I think that has to far, in a way, be one where, again, I don't know how much that's going to – I don't think there's going to be Bruins fans five years from now who are going to be, you know, uh, throwing back beers at, like, Sullivan's tab. Be like, remember the 2019-20 Bruins? Like, they should have won it all. Like, uh, I feel like regardless of the sport, everyone's kind of has put all that on the back burner this year just in terms of just how batshit the year has been. But I think when you kind of look at this – uh, Bruins team and how this has impacted them. I mean, I, I think you do have a, a case to be made that uh, this team, you know, could have done a, a whole lot more had not all these shitty events actually transpired this year.
1: I agree. I also think if, you know, people would talk about that at Sully's Tavern, mm-hmm. um, if there was no playoffs, like if there was no return to oh, play, yeah. like if the season just ended and that was that and they called it, like then, then that is devastating. Then mm-hmm. you can 100%. And by the way, we can, as you said, we can still ask the question, you know, would they have uh, made a better run? You know, they were a wagon back in March. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's likely to think they probably would have done a little bit better. Um, but it's again, it's- they, had the ch- they had the chance later. So it's like, yeah. you know, you have that. It's valid to ask the question. And mm-hmm. there's a good chance that they probably would have done a lot better considering mm-hmm. that a lot of teams had injuries and the Bruins at the time didn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, so, I think yeah. it's
0: also one of those things where I think people maybe view them more as kind of like just those loaded teams that should have gone a lot farther. Like I, you can kind of view them in maybe the same, not the same circumstances, but in terms of the results, um, kind of like that 08, 09 team, that team just, that seemed, that team seemed destined to go far, right. And way that, that, way that season went. Um And then to end like that, I think that's kind of the, the, kind of lens I view this team through is that that team should have gone a lot farther and whether it be circumstances within their control, uh, out of their control, obviously it didn't,
1: uh, didn't end up happening for them. 13, 14 as well. Those yes. two teams, I think I can, because you can kind of group them in the same category. Um, I'm trying to think of other member, like most important moments. I mean, Krug leaving was I big. Say, I would say um, Krug leaving, yeah. Krug leaving, but again, that was kind of expected. Wasn't expected to go to the St. Louis Blues. No, uh, that was not the team that anyone predicted uh, for him to go to. But that was obviously big. Where whatever happens with Chara, if it happens mm-hmm. in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, maybe we'll open twenty twenty one with Chara retiring or returning or yeah. playing for the Maple Leafs. Who knows? Um,
0: yeah, possibly. Rocket Rashad. Yep,
1: that was Cassidy, that was definitely Cassidy
0: won. gets the Adam. Uh, gets Jack Adams. Um, but the 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 cruel thing about the, the pasta thing is that not cruel. It's pretty cool for him. I, mean, I bet that he's sharing it with Ovechkin. But the fact that he easily could have won the the uh, Rocket Richard outright had he not passed up that goal to Moshian in that game against the Penguins. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, I do. I do so, remember that. He he just he got the assist instead. Um, and it's not, it, it is kind of funny to think back. Like you look back at those easy empty netters that they could have gotten. And you think, well, Jesus Christ, just shoot it. Um, uh,
0: I think, I think Matt Porter asked, uh, and the next day at practice about it. And he was like, uh, will be fine. He'll get his goals. Don't worry about it. And then, <laughs> you know, the pandemic happened and, uh, it kind of shit went sideways, but, uh, that, that is one that, uh, in terms of individual stats, the fact that possibly didn't get it to 50 goals and, won't get it this year in 56 games unless something crazy happens because he's also not going to be back until February. Um, if he gets 50 goals in 37 games or something like that, that will be remarkable. But I think we unfortunately have to wait another year before Pasternak kind of challenges for that stat line.
1: Maybe there's a curse on him. You think back a few years ago, he hurt his thumb. He was out for some time. You know, This year it gets shortened to COVID. This upcoming year it gets shortened because he's injured and it's just shortened in general. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I have to ask, is he cursed?
0: Uh, No, I don't think a perpetual 40 goal scorer, which is not a bad thing to have, but 50 (laughs) goals just rings different, right?
1: 50 goals, hits different. The vibes are different. It's, you know, 50 instead of 40. I don't know. It's just just math. Um, It is math. I know. Isn't that crazy? We can't usually do math. And after all that bad stuff, there's no better way to intro the good stuff than with the best of the best. That's betonline.ag.
0: Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year on the sports world. NFL and college football playoffs are just around the corner. The NBA is back in full swing, and sure enough, we're going to have NHL hockey back on our TV screens, laptops, tablets, you name it, in just a couple of weeks. And even though you may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You guys heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that.
1: Nobody, Nobody beats that.
0: No one beats that. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50 for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Online sportsbook experts. So let's get in to the best moments of 2020. Surprisingly, when you said best moments, I was like, "What are we going to talk about?" And then I actually thought and I said, "If you think about it, there were actually some really cool." fun Bruins moments of 2020. Now I say we just go back and forth and we'll each give ours. And I'll let you go first. What is, what was your favorite best, most interesting kind of moment of the year? Yeah,
0: I guess it's maybe an indictment on the 2019, 20 season. that has actually nothing to do with the 2019, 20 Bruins, but I'm going to go with the zoom reunion for the uh, 2011 Bruins game seven against Vancouver. Um, at the time in April Everything was miserable, right? I don't think a lot of people had seen the light of day. Uh, the numbers in Massachusetts and across the country for COVID were still spiking. I think everyone was just looking for some sort of relief or at least some kind of, uh, departure from what has gone on in the last, you know, six plus months at that time. Um, and the Bruins, I mean, shout out to them for organizing something like that. And that whole lead up to, I think they played every game of that 2011 playoff on Nesson. So like they had. Uh, you know the game seven against Montreal they had the the game seven against Tampa and they lead up to that game seven against uh Vancouver and to have pretty much most of the team there all on zoom um, unedited uh just r- rolling through it um it was I think for Bruin's fans, it was cathartic. I think it was hilarious because again, you put a bunch of hockey players in in one zoom call for. Uh, two and a half hours with just no, you know, no restrictions on it. Um, you knew you're in bad shape when they sat like cracking open like the drinks and then like Machrecki brings out vodka and orange juice. Like at the end of the first period, he's like, oh shit, like this, this is going to go off the rails. Um,
1: Lucic went through a few bottles of wine,
0: a few bottles of wine. Um, you know, Greg Campbell comes in hot and just sets immediately at one point point, him and Martian just literally just fighting. Like it was just them going back and forth and everyone else on the Zoom call. It's like it's like when you're in one that's going way too long and someone just forgot to mute and they're just like shouting at something, they're like yelling <laughs> at their dog and you're just in the Zoom call, like looking down, you're just looking up, like you can't you can't leave. You have to just kind of gut your way through it. Um so I mean I think that, that has to be my favorite moment, I think, for a lot of Bruins fans it was. It was one of those ones where uh, it ends, and one, like your head spinning because of just all the, all that just went down the last two and a half hours, but it was just cool to see them in a setting like that because usually you get those reunions and if it was a normal year, they'd have them on the ice. You'd have, you know, we'd be, able, probably be able to talk to a few of them, uh, before a game and it'd be the regular memories talking to the media, but the fact that you had it in a, a setting like that where it's just these guys roasting each other for two and a half hours, just shit talking, um, Ryan Kessler. And, like, yes. talking about how Lucic hitting Ryan Miller just destroyed the Buffalo uh, Savers. Like, um, it was a cool moment. You got Tim Thomas back. I mean, you can go through a whole... I did a whole list of kind of the best moments of that when, when it went down, and it took forever because there was just so many little moments during that that were just hysterical.
1: It was great, as you said, because it was completely raw. It was unedited. It was just, you know, they let him go. And that was the team that was notorious for being fun and interesting and kind of off the cuff kind of stuff. And that was exactly what that zoom was. And again, you consider the time that that was in and what, you know, what happened all around it. It was a nice, it was a great breath of fresh air in a really, really, really down, miserable, depressing time. Uh, so that was, I would, I, that was also actually on my list. I love that one. Um, another thing that we forget about, and this is actually a lot to do with the 2019 20 team, and this is a while ago now. This was January, I think, with the mom's trip. And
0: I knew what this was, yep.
1: The mom's yep. trip. And what's funny is I think they had been struggling up to that point. or they A struggle for them was like a few games uh, kind of that were a little bit n- not normal for them. Yeah, three, um, three losses they, in
0: a row. I'm really
1: three worried. losses in a row. They had the game in Nashville. They won. And then they had the game back here against uh, Winnipeg if they yep. won with the moms here. I think we've, we've messed up the, the team on that before. Does, I think
0: Spoke Z is uppercutting the wall now. It makes <laughs> you <better> correct, so.
1: <laughs> yes, Spoke Z is happy that we, that we did that. But um, yes, the mom strip was big. It was impactful at the time. It was fun to cover. It was, you know, you had Jake Duprusk's mom doing the press conference. The press conference and, with him. And, you know, you just, you had kind of all the, the fun of that and, you know that uh, everyone was everyone was in a good mood uh, when that happened, and uh, the moms were you know, you know, yelling for him on the ice and stuff. So that was a fun little thing during that regular season that was a little turning point. I mean, not that I don't think that three game losing streak was going to derail the season, but you did have Tampa behind you, um, and that, that mom's trip seemed to sort of jumpstart a little bit. So that was the best moment for me. That was that was fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, i would go through. As much as that playoff uh, up in Toronto, you could probably say it was miserable because for most of it, they just got the shit kicked out of them again by Tampa. Um, the whole setting, no one seemed very happy of being up there. Obviously it was part of the gig, right? But um, it seems like no as soon as that bubble ended in, in Edmonton after Tampa Bay won the cup, everyone was like, yeah, we're never doing that again. <laughs> like we understand why, but that was not fun. Um, but I will say that that game... The, that opening series against Carolina had a few good matchups. So uh, we can probably talk about a couple, but the one for me is game four. Um, I think that's one where Bruins seemed down and out. I mean, they were trailing late in third, it seemed like they just had no energy. And I think at that point, uh, you know, you're, you're without Tuka Rask, Halak, you know, wins the game three, but game four, that Carolina team, um, Still a team that has been on the cusp of breaking out. They're a very good young team. They're going to be even better again this year. They still have Andre Shresthenikov, who's a fantastic player. Um, but you, you view that game, game four, you're trailing, you're like, all right, this is either going to be a long series in which the Bruins are then going to have to play probably Tampa and get smokes, or they, they lose in the first round, which considering the year they had would be a worst case scenario, right? Um then in that third period, they would shoot uh, Carolina, I think, 16-2 to two in, in that third period. DeBrus gets on the board. He has that, that crazy goal where he is leaping. He, that, he does his own little Bobby Orr move. And then um, I think probably one of the bigger highlights of the year is Charlie McAvoy just absolutely trucking Jordan Stahl, just popping him, uh, which is the best part of that is I think there's just someone on the bench screaming. The fact, that there's, yes. there's, you can hear that. Remember, there's yes. just one person, like, sh- screeching. <laughs> on the, uh, on the bench as soon as he pops him. But, um, I think you got a moment like that. And then I think it was 30 seconds later. Connor Clifton scored. And then I think, uh, Marcian scores like two minutes later. Um, so I think that, that whole game was probably the best playoff game for the Bruins during that stretch. And that was just kind of a quintessential game where again, you wish it was at, uh, the garden where if you had a four goals in five minutes, whatever it was, um, that, you know, the roof would be blown off the place, but I would probably say that was the best playoff moment for the team. And for McEvoy. I think that was a big step forward for him that feels like every year we talk about him, t- you know, making big steps in his development, but, um, I think that was a quintessential game. That whole playoff view is fantastic too, but, I think that was just another example of just how he can impact a game beyond. Well, listen, he didn't score, <laughs> he didn't score a goal till February, but uh, if he does, you know, hits like that and is that good in the transition game and all this stuff, he's still an elite uh, defenseman in the NHL. And I think that was a moment that definitely turned the tide for the team when they really needed it.
1: I agree. I also think another important game in that series was game three when Halak was kind of thrust in there late. Uh, an absolute onslaught, I remember, in the first uh, couple minutes, first 10 minutes of that period. Mm-hmm. And then Halak gives up the goal in the third period. He hands it to, I forget who it was on the Hurricanes, but he just shot it at him. And then they went right in and I scored. Do. And I think it was, it was what, 2-1 to one at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking, here it is. There yeah. it goes. The dam has broken. Yaroslav Halak is going to be a puddle, and this series is over. And Halak, to his credit, completely stood up to it all. And to me, that was that was huge. Um, mm-hmm. And that was sort of at a time when, like, when the, I remember when they won that game thinking, like, damn, maybe Halak really has it in him to not only beat the Hurricanes, but, like, really kind of take this team on a run. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was not what, what happened. What's funny is, though, when, they, when the Bruins and Lightning, or when the Bruins won game one against the Lightning, that was another moment where we thought, oh, my God, this team is a, on a run, and they didn't even play that well in game one, and they still won. Like, damn, this team, they could really do it. And then same thing happened. <laughs> it's yeah, 20, that, that was a game, too,
0: where like the power play looked great. Bergeron had that, that great uh, – he stole the puck from – I forget who it was. But um, they had they had a couple of great shifts in that game. Like, all right, well, this is the way they've been winning games for the last, like, five years, right? It's going to be just relying on the top line right now. But uh, if it works, whatever works. I mean, I also think at that point, too, Tampa still seemed pretty mortal, right? I mean, they, get, they finally get past Columbus, but – they still what, had the five. Remember that.
1: the five overtime game? Yes.
0: Right. That was going to be my other one of that series. is that game one where it ends in that double OT winner for Bergeron. But don't forget it was at 11 AM that morning because the next day I remember just going out. I think the game was scheduled for, I want to say it was seven or eight o'clock. So went to go get my coffee. Just excited. You know, first actual legit playoff game in uh, over a year by that point. Uh, Got some Cadova excited. Get back. Look at the look at my phone. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, this is gonna last a bit longer. All right, you know, nine p.m. I guess we deal with it. Ten p.m. It's a West Coast game. I'm gonna be really. I'm gonna be burnt out by the time I actually write this recap. But and then just looking at doing the math and being like, there, there's no way this is gonna actually happen. And of course, they call it and then. Uh, I think was point scores like four minutes later, um, but that was just an indig- That was just you know uh, an early look at just how that whole playoff series w- was going to go for the Bruins. They're just the whole month and a half was just completely bizarre.
1: The best part was they didn't they never considered that a team could go that deep into overtime. Like that yes. was never in the plans. I mean they they like legitimately thought about that game being played at like nine thirty ten o'clock at night, um, which would have been wild wild um if that had happened but i'm glad that it didn't uh off of that postseason away from that back i'm gonna kind of throw this back again Uh, i believe this was march Mm -hmm. or february um crazy's fight against the stars i think that was march uh because it was right before the season got cut short that was also the game i think nick Ritchie scored in on like a little Wrist shot from like the top of the circle that got went off like 17 people mm-hmm. and uh slipped in. Dude, he's so back, Richie, he's here. Yeah, he's here. He's arrived. And the best part was when he when Nick Ritchie scored that. People were like, Oh, that's that. that see, he can produce. And it's like that. I could have scored that goal. Like that's And
0: Heinan could never he, score. He could never do that. <laughs> score with um, my feet.
1: But so the Krejci fight, I think that was awesome. It was Pavelski he beat up, if yes, I remember
0: correctly, um,
1: and pounded him. And Krejci's not known for that, obviously. Um, and that was just kind of a funny little thing. Dallas and Boston always have great games, and that's yeah. been on. That's been a th- theme forever. And it's always at the Garden. It's never like at uh, American Airlines Center. It's always when they're at the Garden, the games are the best. I, don't I mean, know why. It, it, it was like, a little.
0: It was a memorable season opener too, which it feels yes bizarre that you can call it a season opener when it, it literally happened. I think five years ago now, but that was yeah. the game where uh, Brett Ritchie scored on the first shot of the first shot of the season. We're like, all right, well, maybe Bruins found something here. Nope. <laughs> um, George W. Bush was there.
1: George W. Bush dropped the opening puck.
0: Dropped, dropped the puck. <laughs> the the LL Bean logo came became sentient on the broadcast yes. and was enveloping yes. the highest screen. And Heinen scored, it it was a wild, it was a wild start for the And that feels, as
1: you said. That That literally feels
0: like five years ago.
1: Forever ago. Forever ago. That feels like it was so long ago. And it was what? A little over a year ago. It was like a year and two months ago. Yeah. But it feels like forever ago. I get my years mixed up now. Like, it used to be pretty, like, you know, every Bruin season was, you know, the same as the school year. So you'd kind of always have that in your head. You know, oh, 2018. Two years ago, whatever. Now it feels so different. Now it feels like we, you know you had that return to play postseason. That felt like its own season. that just feels so weird. Uh, but you're right that that uh, the the Krejci fight feels like forever ago. Do you have any other moments? Do you have any other best moments?
0: Um, I would probably say uh, the Bruins' last game at TD Garden, which I think was March seventh, um, which is. Wild to say that it's been, you know, this that long since it's been an actual hockey game over at the Garden, but um, that game against Tampa Bay, I mean, you had, I think, five misconducts, you had four fighting mages, um, a 4-3 game, uh, plenty of highlights. It felt like just uh, the early preview of what was to come in that playoffs, right? I mean, it felt like a playoff game. The Garden was going crazy, um, unaware of what was about to hit the fan, uh, like five days later, pretty much yes. um but I mean that just that game was just entertaining from for the opening puck drop and uh you had that that sequence at the end of the second period where it just felt like Jack Edwards head was gonna explode because there was so much going on I mean you had like Chara eating uh Sergeyev's stick like fifty feet in the air Crowley yeah. scores where they do, they don't call it There's people just getting like smoked all, all around the ozone I mean that that game, I think, Sandoz maybe be my f- – there's a lot of good games. Like, we can – if you want to look at other good ones from the season, right? I mean, there's some that are in 2019, so they, they're they eliminated here. But, like, that Blues game um, in October where the points were like, yeah, you know, it's a new year. We're not going to look back on it. And they just beat the shit out of them from the yes. opening, from the start of the game.
1: Only they could have had that effort in Game 7.
0: Yes, unfortunately. Uh, there, I mean, there are other, a couple of good games. It was that game against Calgary. Do you remember when? Calgary scored like three goals in the first four minutes Yes, in Calgary. And everyone's like, well, all right, well, this, this is going to be an L. And they won. The Bruins, I think they won four to three. So um, there was a couple. Of-
1: they always, the Bruins always have weird games against the West Coast. Like they always get smoked in Vancouver. That yeah, happened like this, six, earlier seven, this year. Seven to they, one. Right? They lost nine to three earlier this nine, year yeah, in Vancouver. Um, yeah. And so, so like they always have those weird West Coast games. Um but, yeah, I think the, the, the game against the Lightning uh, in the last game at TD Garden was, was huge. Uh, another moment was uh, McAvoy's first goal. Yes. It was the overtime winner against the Blackhawks. DeBrusque jumps on top of him. Uh, that was kind of funny. That, and then after that, McAvoy went on a tear with points. Uh, McAvoy I, I had, like, a bunch of points in very little games. 15, um,
0: 15 points in his last 17.
1: So. Yes. So he really kind of just – the dam opened up. For Charlie mm-hmm. McAvoy. Um, another interesting one, and this isn't an, a best moment, but very funny, and one that I don't think Brad Marchand will ever yes. live down, was him missing the puck in the shootout. Um, not only has Gritty, Gritty has impacts on a lot of stuff. Uh, Jeff Israel, great tweet yesterday. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn and PK Supon broke up. And, uh, <laughs> it's saw
0: Jeff Street, yeah.
1: And Gritty had the sign that said, Lindsey can do better. Damn, L- Lindsey
0: listened. Gritty knew. Uh,
1: Crazy, uh, but yeah, the Marshawn missing the puck thing, especially now that the Flyers are in the Bruins division, uh, that will get brought up quite a bit, I would imagine, this year. Yeah,
0: Marshawn had a few, aside from you know the, the highlights on the ice in terms of setting up some great, you know, uh, goals for Pasternak and all that. Uh, had some memorable moments between that, which I think, you know, again, as you said, he was going to get chirped. It was one of those things where I think all of us saw that and were like, oh no. And I think probably 98% of the NHL Twitter was like, yes, like this is, this is unbelievable. So, um, he had that. Remember when he captured Robbie Fabry? And like, yes, and, Pulled brought him the bench. Into, and brought him into the Bruins bench and Bergeron like pushed him back out because he didn't know why he was jumping on board, which granted Robbie Fabri was on the Red Wings at the time. So if you have a chance to join the Bruins midway through the season. You have to take that chance,
1: right? Midway through a game. Yeah, (laughs) midway through
0: the game. Like, I don't blame Robbie Fabry for for trying to make that move, but. um, That's some
1: Kevin Durant-like shit. Just going to the other team in the middle of the game.
0: So, I mean, he had that. He had that one game against when they were in Minnesota. So, not the game at the Garden, which was an all-timer with the Krug doing the Frank the Tank Sully, but uh, the game in Minnesota. I remember Machin stole uh, Miku Koivu's stick. Like, he, they were just tangled up, and he literally just took it and brought it to the bench with him. He, like, brought it back and, like, sat back and then just took it and threw it back on the ice after he'd already sat down. So, as expected, as with every season, I'm sure there'll be more in 2021. Uh, Brad Marchand continues to bring the highlights uh, in pretty much every area of the game, right?
1: Oh, yes. And I expect, as you said, I don't expect that to end anytime soon. So that those are my best moments. I don't have... Anymore. Uh, I'm wondering if you have any more. I, I don't, uh, I'm kind of out of them.
0: I think that's pretty much it. The only, the only other one I have is uh, Jerome, noted Boston man, Jerome, again, like yeah. getting interviewed yeah. in for the snowstorm. Uh, that's great. But other than that, I think those are pretty much all the highlights we've got.
1: Another, actually, another important moment was signing Craig Smith. Mm-hmm. That can't be forgotten. That was another big moment. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of funny moments from. from the end of 2019 20 and the postseason, there wasn't a ton. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I also, another notable moment in the lead up to Rask leaving the bubble, the comment of this doesn't feel like playoff hockey. Uh, that was that
0: was a little bit that, ominous, wasn't it?
1: That set Twitter on fire. That actually was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't think there was a lot. It's kind of sad because 2019, there was obviously the cup. There was losing the cup. There was the lead up to it in the playoffs. There was a lot of fun moments from that season and that whole like stretch of time. But we we covered everything. I don't think we've we've missed anything. And with that, that is the end of 2020. Um, but that is it. That is the year. Uh, there is no more big hockey moments unless we're recording this on December 30th. Unless the Bruins have some big news coming in the next two days, uh, which I don't imagine that there there will be on New Year's Eve, but. Crazy things have happened. Yes. Uh, but uh, before uh, we go, is there uh, what can the people list, uh, look forward to at uh, Boston Sports Journal?
0: Yeah, we're going to uh, recap kind of the year that was for this Bruins team. Um, obviously, a lot of highlights, a couple of lowlights. So we're going to break that down. And then we've got training camp in a couple of days. So we're going to take a look at some of the questions that uh, need to be answered over this training camp, which is going to be... Just 10 days. so There's a lot they have to handle over the, kind of a short span of time. Days. Yeah. So, um, so it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So we'll break that down as well over at BSJ. So subscribe there. and You can follow me on Twitter at ConnorRyan underscore 93.
1: And there's no more exciting start to a season than opening at New Jersey. Of course. Uh, that is the most exciting option that could have happened. You would have thought, you know, the Bruins, and we'll get into this in future episodes, you would have thought maybe the first game would be like, in Boston against the Flyers or in Pittsburgh against the Penguins because the Penguins are a pretty big market team. And said it's at New Jersey to start the season. Not great. Ah, annoying. Uh, but at any rate, that is Poke the Bear, episode 24. Happy New Year, everyone. Cheers to 2021 being a lot better. That is Connor Ryan. This is Evan Marinovsky. Have a happy, happy New Year and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>